Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with the legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Guys, so I sent out the topics, you know, like what I always do before the, the show. And then this morning we got breaking news, which we kind of have to we have to address here at some point. Um, I want to get your guys' opinion on it. Everyone online's loving this. Uh, even some people who have spent uh, years kind of dogging Maury for his handling of the Simmons situation handling of the Harden situation, but it seems like everyone's kind of coming around to Daryl Morey staying in Philadelphia for another uh, four years. So uh, Morey finalized a contract extension uh, that'll take him to take him into Philadelphia through the 27, uh, 2028 year. Um, his uh, contract will align with Nick nurse's contract. Um, what do you guys think about uh, uh, Morey staying for another uh, four years ish? Uh, and are you guys surprised by the, uh, the contract extension? Um, I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, I think you you look at the the amount of success the Sixers are having is really no different than the amount of success that they had under the previous two coaches. Um, but I think that from a standpoint of bringing a coach in in what looks to be a stable situation, that you want to kind of align the two, um, and that helps with stability. Um, and it helps with the plan moving forward, whatever that plan is going to be. Um, you have an MVP player. You have a promising young player. Um, so it just gives the stability um, for the organization, both on the court, staff, management. So it makes it definitely makes sense. I mean, it's well earned. Yeah. Your, your thoughts? Um I love it. I think it's great. Uh, it makes sense. Obviously, he's got um, Joel's blessing. We were <laughs> off camera. We were just talking about players giving their blessings on managers and then who can get who fired. Joel obviously likes Maury. They obviously have a good working relationship. They're on the same page. He's on the same page as Nurse. Um, those are the keys, right? Like, as, if you're on the same page with your coach and you're on the same page with your uh, owner and you're on the same page as your best player, then you will stick around for a good amount of time. Um, so uh, good for good for him. It's well-deserved. I think he's done a good job. Um, I think people that have dogged him have been kind of quick to criticize the early returns on a trade um, and maybe some of his um, holding patterns that he kind of gets into to try to get the best um, return out of a deal. But, you know, he I've loved his deal so far. Everything he's done has been pretty positive. Um, who we decide not to resign work has worked out so far. Um, 
you know, we don't want to get into Isaiah Joe and stuff like that because we don't we don't know who to really blame for that one. That could very well be a, a doc not giving him minutes, but he gets partial blame for that. Um, other than that, I think Maury's done a bang up job in a, his next move. Well, I hold think. Hold on, you want to say that's Doc's fault? Did you say that was Doc's fault? <laughs> yeah. Nah, you can't. You can't do that. And, uh, for not playing him. For not playing him. So when a guy don't perform, whose fault is that? Is that Doc's fault when too? A, when a player doesn't perform. But when he get when he doesn't perform well. Oh yeah, I man, it's a player's fault. If he hasn't performed well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So a guy like like I would get you Isaiah Joe. Like we looking at, and people talk about this. Like his success that he's had at Oklahoma City doesn't mean it was going to translate here with us. Doesn't mean that he was hitting. He was hitting threes. It looked promising. I know. Yes. So so maybe you stick with him. But but we have another guy that was making threes and looked promising too, and don't even get off the court. Don't even get off the bench now. Was that Doc fault too? No, but I think who they who they keep instead who they get instead didn't they get um we brought in a uh, Deadman that's who we got pretty much instead of Isaiah Joe right yeah is, is that Doc fault though Doc has a history that's of all not saying is like I get I get what you're bait on young players I get what you're saying but I'm just saying like I just don't think you can you can just put it all on all on Doc when it was other young guys that were here that were playing that somebody, one of them, may, you know, maybe Milt um, wouldn't have played. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if he'd played I in I get what you're saying, but I just don't, I just don't think it's fair to throw out a name like that when a guy is having success somewhere else and then blame it on Doc. You know what I'm saying? That, can, no, that, that, no, don't, no. that don't sit well with me when people do that. And not not trying to go at you, but I'm saying I've seen it too much. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I think it's BS because that, that, we talked about Isaiah Joe last year. I don't think he would have had the opportunities yeah. here. He'd be hitting yes. shots in front And it's not all because of Doc. It's because of the, some of the guys that are in front of him. Sure. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. But I mean, Isaiah Joe, I didn't last year, too all, a you know, that kind of stuff kind of hurts my nerve a little bit. When people make it about that, yeah. Uh, although Doc did just recently say he obviously regrets doing the uh Shay for Paul George trade, so you know, I'm sure it wasn't all him. There's a GM, but, but a lot of people, but 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 that being said, you can regret it, but more people was with it than against it when it happened at the time, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So now they should have known what he could. Could do more than anybody else but who like that's that's what we that's what we that's the part you just never know like what would Halliburton be the same player in Sacramento that he is in in Indiana probably not no no <laughs> you know what I'm saying not not, not as long as Fox is there He's, he, he wouldn't have had the ball in his hands like that mm-hmm. so sometimes it's your opportunity is best somewhere else, but it doesn't mean that someone wrongs you or somewhere, you know, where you were. It's just that the opportunity is a better opportunity for you. So it's not that anybody did anything wrong where you were. Yeah. yeah. I was in Seattle and wasn't playing. I came to Philly and became a starter. Now, did Seattle do me wrong? Or was the opportunity just better in Philly? 
Yeah. Opportunity. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? And it took Isaiah Joe on a non, you know, a, they weren't a good team last year. They're a lot better this year, obviously. Okay, so he made strides, but they weren't even good last year, and he wasn't getting minutes. So he had to earn it even on a bad team last year to finally get yeah. like, decent minutes this season. Um, I just read a yeah. quote that Which Doc was trying not to trade Shea, and he told Kawhi, like, Shea's the next star. Hey, Kawhi can verify it. Kawhi can verify it. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants, like, no bad credit for that. That's hilarious. Um, but, no, no, he doesn't deserve all the blame. I mean, GMs make decisions, too. Uh, you know, coaches give their input. But um, at the end of the day, it's a collective, right? And, they, they, and they'll say it's a collective. So it's no one guy's fault, and it's no one guy's credit. Um, but you know, again, yeah, I think the bit, the big thing here is stability. And we've been talking about, you know, Joel not having stability in the franchise and that being one of the things that, that some people say that could be one of the reasons why he wants out of Philadelphia. If you were ever requested trade, but you know, seemingly we have stability in the front office and with our new head coach, hopefully this, uh, hopefully Nick nurse is the, is the guy that everyone's been touting him to be all, uh, all off season. Hope so. So we're going to stick with Joel Embiid here as we get to our next topic. Um, so obviously another dominant performance, albeit it was against the Detroit Pistons, but still incredible numbers, 41-11 and 5 in 31 minutes. So another game where he was get to coast and rest him for pretty much the second half of that game. Um, but as good as the MVP was last season, is Joel Embiid impressing you even more this year? Or, or would you say right now his numbers are – that much better than they were last year? And are we looking at a possible back-to-back MVPs for uh, Joel? I wouldn't necessarily say it's surprising me, but I do think that him putting the back-to-back seasons together is is very impressive. Um, And I think this year feels more dominant right now. Um, even the, more so than last season. So, I mean, he's doing it at a probably it feels like in a, a more efficient level, like less time, less time on the court. Like it feels that way. And I don't know the numbers as far as if he's actually played less time, but it feels like that more dominance in a in less time. Um, so. It's, it's definitely impressive. You know, we're a quarter through the season and and where we are now from a, from a record standpoint, we also feel like we're better. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, yeah. We feel like we're better. Um, but it just kind of shows that things are still moving in a, in a positive direction. You just, you know, hopefully we can maintain it and he, he can maintain it. Um. So, answer is yes for me. Um, so, he's averaging more points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks than last year in less minutes. You're, that's, 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 that's true, Eric. Um, yeah. So, uh, I read this set on Twitter. He's averaging 35, 11.7, and 6.7 assists in games where he has not played in the fourth quarter. And that's happened seven times. Um, and then in – and then 20 games in, 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 in this season for Ed Joel, he's gone under 30 points only five times. He's gone under 10 rebounds only four times. He's gone under five assists only four times. 
He's gone. He's gone without a block in only four games, and he's gone without a steal in only five games. So consistently across the board, he is just like he's, he's killing it. It's it's he's so locked in, um, and he's gotten better in some of those regards. I, I didn't expect this big of a jump in his playmaking and assists. Um, but this is what they call a guy firmly entrenched in their prime right now. Like we're prime MB. I think right smack dab in the middle. You might, if there was like a, a chart, he might be reaching his like peak. I think like right around now he's at that peak right now. Yeah. And this is only 20 games into the Nick nurse era. I mean, I mean, he's going to, he's only going to continue to grow in the system that everyone's been talking about. So, I mean, yeah. Crazy man, and I will say, uh, Eric, of, of, of the numbers so far, obviously 20 games in, but the fact that he's gone up two assists in only 20 games. But last year, he averaged 4.2 assists, he's averaging 6.3 assists, and uh, rebounds, he's gone up 1.2 rebounds already so far. So 11.4 last year, 10.2. Which of these numbers kind of impresses you the most? The fact that his points per game numbers have also increased on top of the everything else increasing. Or because um, I mean, one of the things we talked about for the last few years is he could be a better rebounder, and I mean, it looks like he is. Uh, he made that more of a mission for him this year because he's he's attacking the glass better than I've seen in a really long time for him. Yeah, I would, I would, I would. I'm still a a guy that's expects more from the rebounding standpoint. I, I would still like to see some 30 20 games or some 20 20 yeah. games. 2018, like more games like that, because I think he's so big, he's so dominant that those are the things that I believe that he should be doing more. Yeah, um, but that's hard to do when he spends so much time away from the rim. Yeah, yeah. Um, offensively and then defensively, teams want to pull him away from the rim. Exactly. So I, I would like to see if they can find a way for that to happen. I think you know more dominant and. He is in the interior paint. The more that'll happen, but he's an f- efficient guy. So, offensive rebounds when he's at the rim is sort of harder to come by. Um, so, I would still say, you know, the assists being up, I think that's more of the way that, the way they're allowing him to play more so than him being able to do it. I think he, him being able to do it wasn't really the question. It was just, is he going to be put in position? to play that way. Um, mm. I, I felt like the assists should come from him on the block and teams having to double the team him more. Um, then you find assists. And you, get, you probably get more hockey assists that way than you do true assists. Um, but, I, but I do think that the rebounding work is better and improving. I still think that maybe that's something he could probably be a little more dominant in. I mean, you see other bigs in the league this <clears throat> having those 40 20s and 20 20s and 30 and 20. Yeah. And we really see him do that. We see the 40 points, the 30 points, and but we don't see the 20 like rebounds. 10 or 11 rebounds. Even with 18 points and 20 rebounds. Like we don't see that part. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. his I think his season high is like 16. 16? 16. Second high. Second highest is 15. Yeah, it's the first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and at this point, so we're 16 and 7 right now. So it's 23 games. 
we were 12 and 11 at this point last year. Last year? Yeah. So we won on that run like, like right in January, right? Right at the end of December? Um, actually, yeah, December. On December 9th, we went on a eight-game eight win streak. And then, like, we only lost, like, three games on a first span of, like, a month, month and a half. So, yeah, we, we – a lot more consistent this year for sure. Yeah. Four-game win streak currently right now. Yeah. Potentially five after tonight, hopefully. Now, we opened the show with Daryl Morey, uh, but Daryl Morey was on a um, had an interview with uh, John Kincaid of the Fanatic – um, and he talked about not waiting until the summer to cash in those assets that we got in the Harden trade and would like to add someone significant this year because he doesn't want to waste a year of Joel's prime. Speaking of his prime, um, he also mentioned uh, the following players by name when talking about the team. He was talking about Maxi, he talked about Embiid, he talked about Batum, and he talked about Ubre, which are those interesting four names that he uh, picked out. Did not mention Tobias Harris, which is a hot name on this show, Teja. Um, so, what's your kind of takeaway? Um, about about this whole interview, obviously a lot, a lot of nuggets in here, but the fact that he's talking about cashing in the assets this year to make a play at the championship this year instead of waiting till the offseason like a lot of people thought we were going to do. Um, and then also, do you guys take anything away from him not mentioning Tobias when he talks about uh, guys on the squad? I mean, I guess you can take something from it. I mean, he's a he should be a very important part of the team right now. Um, so from a, from a fan standpoint, I could say it, it, you know, no, it's really, he just kind of spoke and didn't really just glossed over it. But from a, if I'm Tobias in his camp, I'm, um, yeah, yeah, that every little bit of every little thing like this matters. So you, you kind of put that out publicly. So now all of a sudden it becomes something, it becomes an issue. It becomes something we got to speak about. So did you do it on purpose or did you, you know, did you just truly? So in speaking like that, like you, that's like, if you look at their team, like that's like going to Griff at Milwaukee speaking and don't and talk about everyone except Middleton. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's very similar. It's like the same thing. Yeah. People are like, dude, why didn't he mention Middleton? He mentioned all these other guys. So they saying Giannis, Lillard, um, uh, uh, Portis, um, you know, Lopez, Lopez, Lopez. yeah, that's it. Stop. That would be weird. Yes, that would be weird. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think it was intentional, but you just got to be careful with stuff like that. And it won't really show us show up until things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember that interview he did where he never said his name. There you go. <laughs> Gone now. Now he gave he gave us a little hint. Yeah, we um, also didn't mention Melton either, which I mean, Melton's been a pivotal part of this team this year. So I mean, that's a, a that's another crucial name he didn't mention. That's true. Yeah. Both guys' contracts in after this year too. Well, that's that's more than half our eighty percent of our team. That's true. So, I guess you can't go by that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, he's right on some of that. And beat is like we said, firmly in his prime. So there's no time to waste. And I'm glad he knows that and he's vocal enough about it. Um, 
And yeah, I think like Eric said, there definitely are subliminal little subtleties that coaches or GMs might put in there, even though they don't mean to, it just comes out because they're being like, they're honest speakers sometimes. So um, obviously Harris and his massive one-year deal can be advantageous for us now and including into a deal to get someone. It could also be good to keep and have that come off the books in the off season. So you can look at both, but if you're going by what he said before that about capitalizing now, um, instead of waiting, then one might lead to believe that that Harris is an outgoing one. It really comes down to, I thought about this too, because, you know, I, I saw that and kind of went down the rabbit hole. It really comes down to who would you rather trade in that deal? Would you rather, let's say you're going to get like a, $40 million player. Let's say, let's just give, let's give Lori Markinen the example, right? Just throw it out there. Cause it's a similar position. Would you rather trade Harris for Markinen straight up and keep the Morris, Batum's and Rocco's? Or would you rather give like Morris, Batum or Rocco, Ferk and like house for Markinen? What would you rather do? You'd probably throw on picks too. Oh, you'd have to give up picks. Of yeah, course like you would. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I, I it's hard because you got to always figure out like that at the time that you're doing it, like what do you want to do? Like who who who's your guys and what do you want around them? And and what you're getting back and and if if that person you think really fits, you're willing to give up more for a guy like that. But if it's just a trade more to kind of get rid of a guy, then you got to be careful with that. So, so are we just going after the guy that we feel likes the piece, or are we just getting ready to get rid of a disgruntled guy? So that's why I said it kind of depends on what's in, what's truly involved. What is so let, involved. let's say we're sold on the guy we're getting back, but what would you rather – let go of Harris or like a, a a bunch of players like the like the the group of like threes and fours. I'll, and I'll let go if it's if it's a piece if if it's a piece that I think can get us to where we need to go. I'll get rid of everyone except for Maxi and Joel. Okay, that, that, that's how I see it. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily want to, but I'm just saying like everyone's on the block except for those two. Let me ask another question. To really win a championship. Let me ask another question. Who do you think is a better fit for this team right now? I know it's a small sample size and one's a large sample size. Who do you think is a better fit for this team right now, Batum or Tobias? Who? Batum or Tobias? Who do you think is a better fit for this team? Tobias. And and I like Batum, but I just think Tobias is. Really? I I, I like Batum, but I just think, yeah, I just, I, I think when it comes down to, um, some of those tougher teams, I just think Tobias is more of a matchup problem for some teams. And I think he's able, what he does, I think he's able to do against any team. I, I think between, I don't, if he was younger, yeah, but not at, at this age, no. Um, and I didn't say better. Right now. I don't, well, you said better for. Better fit for like you Joel said and Tyrese. Team. I say yes. At, at this age, at this stage of his career, no, I do not think he's better fit. Uh, I think he's a good fit, but I do not think he's a better fit than Tobias. I think Tobias can 
to a certain extent, do what he does, but he can't do what Tobias does. The two is a much better passer to the post and paint. That's for damn sure. Yeah, but he also shouldn't have the ball as much. Batum, so he really, really doesn't. The passer, yeah, I'm just saying that's one point. Like we we got Melvin, we got Maxi, we have Joel. Like passing shouldn't even be a topic of conversation of what is of what Batum brings to the table. Yeah, I just like that he makes like that shouldn't even be. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not thinking like well he like no that shouldn't even come into play with the guys that we have. What makes it harder for me is that I like Batum's quick decisions. He either jacks up a quick three and he's got a high percentage, or he makes the right pass. He doesn't stop the ball. Yeah, I mean, he he's, he's, a, he's a ball mover, but some of the ball movers, you can be a ball mover like that when you're, you aren't, and that's the difference was, is you're saying he moves the ball quick and he's a ball mover, but he also don't have the expectations of his salary and what everybody thinks that he should be doing scoring on him yes. either. Yes. <laughs> it's true. So... That's where it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So he moves the ball and he scores six points. He's like, man, he, he's pretty good. He moved that ball and he's doing his job. If Tobias moved the ball and he, he scores six, he's like, man, it's a contract. Ain't that right? <laughs> <It is> right. <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, one stat that everyone loves to bring up now that Ubre's back is the fact that we've only lost one game when Kelly Ubre plays. It's the, the that first game of the really? season, the Bucks game. Yeah, that's the only game. That's the only game we've lost when Ubre plays. So we were undefeated. I mean, we we had lost, we was on the street when he went down. Yeah, because it was the Bucks game, and then he had he went the next one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. Then he was hurt, or uh, you know he had the, the accident, and then four game win streak. So I think we're we're, we're on a ten game win streak with uh, with Ubre. Since game one of the season, nice. Wow. It's crazy how how great of an addition that was. I mean, we, we thought that was you know we we love the signing where when it happened at the end of the uh, off season, but then I mean, who knew it was going to be the acquisition of the year for us? Yeah, that's good. That's I that's until that. that's until we do the uh, the trade that uh Maury's uh yeah, that Maury's hyping up here. And, oh, no, and the report was uh, it, it'll probably get done around February near the trade deadline. That's the report that uh, uh was it Jake, uh, Jake Fisher said uh, mm-hmm. today that um, the trade uh, would happen right around February, right around the deadline. So we're waiting to see how this how the pieces look. Do you know the two games that MB and Maxi were not the high scores on our team? Do you know the Do you know who those two scores were? Ubre. Nope. Melton. Ubre Melton. Melton. Who's the other one? Melton and the other one. Oh, Beverly. Um, yeah. Beverly. <laughs> yeah, Pat Beverly. But Joel didn't play that game, did he? No, 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 no. I don't think he did. That was the second. That was the most recent Boston game. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, Ubre's been great. I might have to, in the offseason, besides you know, maybe a couple-year deal. He's resizing in Philly. Might have to get an Uber jersey. The, the, the guy, the guy's a stud, man. Like you know, like looks wise and playing wise. Maybe they can't, you know. <laughs> um. All right, so we're gonna get into game picks here. So we have three games until we meet again on Tuesday. Wow. Um. So tonight we have another rematch with the Detroit Pistons at home this time, and we are a sixteen-point favorite at home. Um. Okay, so who do you guys have in this one, and do you think we cover the spread? 
That's a lot of points. A lot of points. Man, that's like the college spreads. Yeah, dude. So, so we beat them by 18 the last time we played them. We beat them by eight the other time we played them. And this is the first time at home, right? Second time? It was the first time at home or was the yep. first time at First time at home. First one's at home. The first three we played were at Detroit. This one's at Philly. Yeah, I mean, oh, this, and I think we win. We're, we're, we're playing, we're playing in Charlotte tomorrow night, need... Eric. If that if that matters, we're playing on a back back tomorrow, and I don't know if it's a look ahead potentially. The front end and the back back. Yeah, I think we win, but I mean, that, those sixteen points is even. You have a twenty point lead, and you take everybody out. They cut the lead. Like I just, mm-hmm. it's different. Um, where college, because you, you don't play them back to back games, you're more inclined to leave those guys in the game a lot longer to kind of, you know, ruin that run that they could go on. Yeah, I, I, I we win. I don't think we cover. Would you rather do Detroit plus 27 or Philly winning? Detroit plus 27. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good odds on that too, Marcus. That's minus 425. Sure, man. We might like I – mean, that, that sounds like we might beat them by like 40, dude, based on that, what you're, what you're saying. If it's 27, then the odds are really similar to a money line. Right? I mean, doesn't that kind of doesn't that kind of give a red flag to you? We've beaten – how many teams by more than that? We beat Washington by more than that, L.A. by more than that. We beat no Brooklyn. No, wasn't that bad. Uh, that might be it, actually. Wash the other Washington game was eighteen. That's fifteen. That's twenty four. Yeah, that's it. Only two two teams, Washington and LA. We beat by more than twenty seven. Those are those are re- but those are recent too, though. So like we. The, the public's pretty split on this one. Uh, 54% of the money is on the Sixers to cover 16 points. 46% of the money is on the Pistons to cover 16 points. So it's pretty right down the middle. Yeah, I'd probably rather I'd probably rather go like Sixers. Like Sixers, minus, right? Minus eight. Sixers um, minus eight? Yeah. That's pretty sick. I, I did minus 12. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so then Saturday we travel to Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's also playing on a back-to-back as well. So um, there you go. So two teams playing on a back-to-back. Um, so we play Charlotte uh, Saturday night. Don't know the spread. The spread has not come out yet. Um, who do you guys have in this one? Both teams being on a back-to-back. It's at Charlotte. We'll, we'll at Charlotte. I, mean, we'll, I think we'll finish. I think we'll finish it out the run this team um and we'll win it but it'll be tough um hopefully everyone plays mm-hmm. to me it feels like someone drops out of one of these two games i think so too I, I, I feel like so that wouldn't surprise me if someone drops out if someone if joel or maxi don't play we won't win really in charlotte i think we'll lose if one of those two don't play hmm also, another factoid about their back-to-back, they're playing tonight, but it's in Charlotte, and then tomorrow they play in Charlotte as well, so, like, they're not traveling, so it's not it's a non-traveling back-to-back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think tomorrow, whether they all play or not, I think it'll be pretty tight. I can see that spread being, like, seven or eight. 
I think it'll be tight. I think we, <laughs> I think we win, but I think it's a really close game. Yeah. All right. And then Monday, uh, the final game before we meet again on Tuesday, we play. We, we host um, Chicago at home in Philadelphia. Zach Levine it is, has not tra- did not travel with this team for the road trip that they're on right now. So Levine will not be uh, there. And honestly, I think they've kind of looked better without Levine over the last few games. So the eight, eight games without him. Um, they took care of business last night against Miami. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what the spread's going to be for the Monday night game against Chicago, but who do you guys have in that one Monday night? Where is it at? Philadelphia. Yeah, I think they're 5-2 we'll and two without him. We'll yeah, coming back home, we'll win that. Yeah, they're five and two without them. They beat that's where I'm at. They beat Milwaukee. They beat New Orleans. They beat Miami. They lost to Milwaukee in overtime, and they lost by eight to uh, Denver. Kobe White's looking like the real deal. Kobe White's playing really well. That's the reason why they're like, you know what? Let's just maybe just deal Levine the most we can get for him. Yeah, they lost point. to Denver, and Yoke is basically, basically got it didn't play the majority of the game. Yeah, that was that one, right? And they lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we win that game, though. I think we win. Uh, curious to see what the spread is. But um, that will be a really big decider for me. But I think we pull it out. Yeah. They need a little more firepower. I know Kobe White's been playing well, but, you know, it hurts not to have yeah. Levine's 20, 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah. So – by the time we meet again next week, we'll um, we talked about going on a six and zero in that stretch. We seven and zero going into uh, on that uh, seven game winning streak. By the time we meet again on a, I don't know. Eric's counting on us losing to Charlotte. Well, well, that, that depends if we're without one of the guys. You said so. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to monitor the uh, injury. Way to correct. Way to correct him. Way to correct him. I got it. I got you, Eric. <laughs> I keep this guy. I got to keep this guy in line over here. Keep you on your toes, man. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed the episode. We'll see you guys on Tuesday as we hopefully talk about the seven-game winning streak that we are on and uh, our what would be three more games. That would be a 13-game winning streak with uh, with Ubre. Oops. So, yeah. The Ubre streak. All right, All right. fellas. Well, Take it easy. You guys have a good weekend. Yeah. Later yeah. on, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.